Let's hit it. Welcome first-time listeners and returners to the Sports Deli, where everyone deserves a seat at the table, especially our next incredible guest. So grab your favorite deli sandwich or bagel and your favorite beverage, and let's do this together in the Sports Deli. We're so honored to welcome on World Math and National Cereal Day, the pride of Croatia, where I want to visit one day, as I mentioned earlier, because I hear it's incredibly beautiful, an international trailblazer, our 21st professional basketball player or coach, 16th NBA player or coach, second Hall of Famer, along with Rick Barry, and third player or coach from the Boston Celtics to be on the show, Sam Vincent and Kevin Eastman being the others, Dino Raja. Shout out to Tamir, the Jewish Jordan, who we just talked about for letting me know that you visited him in Israel. And that's when I reached out to you. And also shout out, as we talked about earlier, Tamir's new Aviv Net, which you have there in your house. For more information about this incredible basketball net technology, check out avivsports.com. He plays the guitar very well. And if you go on YouTube and do a search for Dino Raja, you'll find his video of him playing the guitar. And he's played in front of as many as 85,000 people. Unbelievable. Dino won two EuroLeague championships. Besides playing for the Celtics, he's played all over the world, including Rome, another place that I want to visit one day, and Greece, among others. He never drank, smoked, or went out because he never wanted to jeopardize his job. And after the season was over, he only took 10 days off before he started training again for the next season. He loves dressing up and hugging his dog like I do. He was born the same day as Kelly Clarkson, Barbara Streisand, Cedric the Entertainer, and the same year as Deion Sanders, Rex Chapman, Derek Coleman from my hometown, Detroit Northern High School, Terry Mills, Romulus, and B.J. Armstrong, the last three, again, all from my hometown in Detroit, Michigan. He played in the 1988 Olympics, played with Tony Kukoc growing up in juniors. He was voted as one of the FIBA's 50 greatest players of all time. He also played with the late Drazen Petrovic, who was one of the first European players to come to the NBA, and he made a huge impact, not only on the court, but off. And he was inducted into the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame in 2018 and gave a lot of credit during his speech to his coaches and said that he could still play with Tony now with his eyes closed. He also thought when they first called him, it was a joke. And then once he realized it was for real, he cried for like 10 days. He played with the likes of D. Brown, Robert Parrish, and many other amazing NBA players against some of the greatest players in NBA history, like MJ, Scotty, the mailman, Stockton, Patrick, Hakeem, Chuck, Shaq, and the Admiral. He's now an NBA ambassador, and you can find him on Instagram at Dino Raja underscore official. And Dino, it's always truly an honor. I don't know why people come on my show. Because I'm not really on anybody, but it's real. It's truly an honor to have our third Celtic in the Sports Deli podcast, where everybody deserves a seat at the table. Thank you. Oh man, we got a lot of stuff going on in the last couple of years between the uh, racial reckoning and and the pandemic and and Ukraine. And yeah. so you you have you have kids, right? Yeah, three of them. Yeah, and so how? You know, I have a daughter. She's 11. How, how has it been for you and the family to, to help your kids through, you know, even though you're in another country, you know, to, to, to deal with everything, especially emotionally? 
Uh, you try to minimize these things, not give them too many informations, and uh, you try to make their life go as normal as possible, you know. When everything was online, everything was online. You you can't uh, you can't do anything about that. But then, everything else you try. You know you try to to live a normal life. You try to go out with them. Uh, of course, in the beginning, um, uh, like uh, early 2020, when we didn't know anything about this virus, we thought it's uh, it's flying from uh, one person to another person uh, across the street. So, but we still we. We used to go out and um, walk, you know, you go walk in the woods, you go walk yeah. uh, on the streets, you go, you try to pick up the time when there is not too many people. And then uh, anyway, people are afraid. So, but you try, you try to, to you know, watch, you know, comedies instead of tragedies. <laughs> right. You try to pick something that uh, that's, uh, that's, you know, easier. And, uh, you know, it's the same for everybody. You, you, you just try to tell them that's life. You have to, uh, life is not all, always, you know, flowers and then and kisses and hugs. It's uh, bad things also. So this is something that when you grow up, you're going to have to deal with it. Now, now you see how, how it is and uh, you appreciate life, I think, uh, more when you go through these hard, hard uh, times and you, you, you know, handle them. Yeah, it's interesting you talk about that. I usually don't talk about that until later with regards to mental health. But uh, since you brought it up, I, I want to ask you from this perspective, because, um, you know, you can't be a professional athlete and have the longevity that you had without being mentally tough. And when you played, it was a different era. And I just talked to Drew Henson about this this morning. He's a former player at Michigan for the Dallas Cowboys and for the New York Yankees. He played two sports. And back then, it was a different time in terms of how you handled injuries and how you spoke out or you didn't speak out. You basically shut your mouth. And so I'm curious with regards to your kids and their friends, do they know who you really are and how mentally tough you had to be not only because of Yugos the former Yugoslavia and your upbringing as a basketball player, do you give them some perspective about how to how to live life? You talk to them every day, and uh, you show them stuff every day. It's not uh, it's not just you know. You guys in America have one 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 good thing that I like. You say uh, talk is cheap. So I, I completely agree agree with that because uh, when somebody is showing you by 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 example certain things, then. You appreciate them much more than than somebody's talking. So um, I try to do that. I try to show my kids, you know, with with example, whenever you can, uh, how how to to deal with stuff. You know, uh, like when we are driving driving a car, and I see somebody driving too fast, dangerous in a in a city. I tell them, you know, very very straightforward. Like if I see you driving like this. I'm going to beat your car with a baseball bat and, and, and then you inside. So, uh, <laughs> you know, you have to uh, set example. You know, I see, uh, I know, you know, Christmas time, uh, people go out and drink and, and, and do stuff. So I see a drunk girl, uh, you know, 18, 19 year old and uh, 
I see she's in basically in danger because it was uh, you know late and I, I I took her and I I tried to give give her some water and I I, I wanted to put her in a cab and um, then I realized that she's not able to you know she's going to vomit in the cab and this cab driver can can do can you know, kick her out and do whatever uh, whatever they can do to harm her and I said okay we're going to drive her home so I, I figure out where she lives and uh, we we drove her home so you know two months later it was his birthday and uh, he's 19 already so you know they they tend to go out and stuff and I asked him um, how was how was your evening with uh, with the guys and he said great i was acting i was uh, uh, copying you you know i saw a drunk and uh, i said wow. okay i need to help her because uh, nobody else would because you know today we live in a in a society where where uh, one like on uh, on instagram or something is more valuable than um, than the real friends in in, in real time and uh, un unfortunately but but that's the way we are going and i think it's uh, ir irreversible uh, so you have to set example and then uh, try to try to be you know as normal as possible because i think today um the most uh, hard thing for for kids is to be just you know normal i don't care if my kids are basketball players or scientists or uh, nobel prize winners or i i just want them to be normal human beings I, I, I just want them to be you know uh, personalities that I can be proud of of, of their of their you know normality not not of their uh, success or money they make or, or, or anything I just want them to be you know to to say uh, good morning good evening to their to 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 their neighbors to to their friends to you know, to stand up in the bus when they, the, the elderly person is coming in. Uh, I don't care what they do with their lives otherwise. Man, I have to let that breathe for a second. Yeah, what, what, a, what a turn, uh, you know, with that question. I did not expect that. What a powerful um, visual I had you know, as far as when I used to grow up and, and I just talked to somebody about this, about how we are living in such a disrespectful instant gratification time where there's such a uh, feeling of entitlement with, with kids. And I don't know how it is there. Um, but how did that make you feel when he told you that story? Like, cause we don't know if our kids are going to make the right decisions, but when he told you that story, did it make you feel like some kind of way that, wow, I'm yeah. actually... It's un, un, unexplainable. Oh, it's unexplainable because because it's, you know it's um, it's hard it's hard work really you know it's everyday work and uh, I'm I'm very proud of my kids because of that uh, you know they they don't care uh, about you know this um, uh, materialistic stuff yeah. uh, and and I see them in. Um, relationship with our friends and i i see that uh, they are welcoming you know each of them is different age and each of them have different interests and different group of friends so I, uh, what i see and I, I love the most of everything that um, i see that their friends uh, uh, love them 
they invite them to their homes. They, you know, of course, we invite all, all of their friends at, at, at our home. Uh, my my oldest son is playing basketball and he's, he's, he's very much loved in the locker room. My, my middle son is also uh, very much loved in, in his, uh, uh, like he's a coach. Mm. He's going in the school to being a coach and right now he's working with uh, like uh, teenagers, like uh, 14, 15 uh, year old. And uh, wow. when, when the, the, the older coach is telling he's with us for uh, like six months and, and uh, kids like him more than they like me and I'm, I'm there. <laughs> Uh, that's something that you know make me oh. make me proud more than anything. Yeah, that that's just amazing. You know, I I just told Drew this earlier this morning. <clears throat> there was a quarterback that was at the NFL Combine, and he was picking up trash at the NFL Combine. I saw it. Yeah. yeah, no one's even watching this guy. He wasn't doing it for a like you said a like or a click. And I asked him, like, is this the kind of thing that would make the difference between drafting him and someone else? And he said, absolutely. That's the kind of stuff you just. You... And so to that point, like, I, 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 I bet you that that guy learned that from his parents. And that's what my next question was going to be. You know, where did you have such a strong foundation and, and learn these things? You know, culturally, there's things that are different you know, in life. You know, uh, some things are the same no matter where you live. I'm telling I. I as I told you before, everything goes from the parents. And uh, I, I remember, you know, my parents when uh, when I was a kid. If I if I didn't say hello to uh, to elderly neighbor, she, I don't want to be you know, <laughs> old school, old school. And yeah. She would kick the shit out of me. And and if, if she heard that 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 I wasn't, you know, uh, getting up in a in a bus for some old lady. And uh, they recognize me and tell tell my mother that, ooh, she beat me, really. You know, she beat me. And you know, and my yeah. father, you know, she, he 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 didn't have to beat me. He just looked at me. <laughs> Moment when he looked at me, I knew everything. So I wasn't, I I I I, I wouldn't dare, I wouldn't dare to do some shit. Believe me. And that's mm. what I want with my kids. I, I just, I, I don't have high, high, high demands. I just want them to be normal. Is there a carryover you think to the court from that perspective? Because Rick Barry came on the show, Hall of Famer, one of the top 75 best players in the history of the game. And he said the current players have no idea about what he went through, making very little money, taking buses, no charter flights, you know, and it was probably decent when you played, but but do the do you think the current player there's a disconnect also? I'll tell you a few things, but uh, it may it may sound uh, uh, like uh, jealousy or something, but really it's not. I'm I'm really not that kind of a person. I mm. I know I know you know I know I know my value. I don't care that uh, people today make way more money than than I did. It's different times, and uh, and uh, it is what it is. It is what it is. I, I can't do anything about it. I'm happy that, that people around me are making more money. Less yeah. are they gonna they're gonna bug me to borrow them. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'm really, but you know, today's world is much easier for for NBA players than uh, than it was before. You, you you just look, for example. Michael Jordan and what he had to endure 
getting in, into into the paint, you know, against oh. New York, against Detroit, uh, against these guys. They beat the crap out of him. And today, players, uh, they, you know, you can't look at them in the wrong way. Right. You are going on a, on a free throw line. You know, how many how many free throws, you know, Harden should shoot in the last couple of years, and how many free throws Jordan shoot in his in his time? So, I think it's much much easier to play for talented guys. Uh, game is different. But uh, for talented guys, I think I think it's much easier to play a game today than uh, than it was it was before. Yeah, well, being uh, from Detroit, you know, and following the Pistons back then, you know, I obviously know about the Bad Boys, and they were they were a I whole play, different. I play, I play with the Rick Mahone yes, right. for one and a half years, so I yeah. know what he did do to me in practice. <laughs> yeah, friend of mine. Yeah. You know, we played together. And he yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I've been oh, trying yeah. to get I've been trying to get him on the show. He's he's he coaching the WNBA also. And so uh, yeah. Yeah, he's he's a great guy. Um so I was thinking, um when it comes to just the way that the game has evolved, like you took like you just talked about, uh we've always said at least back in the day that you can't play the way that they play in Europe because you know they're too soft. And now we're playing the way that you guys played 30 years ago. So, so talk about how it was then. And then, you know, then you, you get to the call to come to the Celtics and, and you're playing in a way where if you were in today's game, like Nikolai or, you know, some of these guys that are playing now, man, it, it would have been, a, you probably would have had a longer career, you know, just from a physicality perspective. Definitely, definitely. You know, when I play, uh, the, oh my God, you have a feeling after the game that, that first of all, that you come out of the weight room, Right, and then and then and then you know a boxing match. All all due respect with this generation, with the great, as great as as these these um, guys are, like Steph Curry and and uh, John Morant, yeah, all these guys, LeBron, yeah. everybody, you know, yeah. great players. But I think that generation of original dream team. Oh, yeah, I think those guys are those guys are are really you know something else so when you used to practice uh you know the european way you know were you were you doing euros back then were you doing step you know larry larry did a step back and no one really realized that everyone's like yeah larry's slow and he was just good at all phases of the game you know but larry had a step back you know were you were you practicing those types of ways or was it more moving without the ball when you were when you were growing up you know i'm really proud of um being part of the, this uh, great, I think the greatest generation in Europe of all time of, of big guys that uh, that start to run. Vlade, you, yeah. Before Robin, us, yeah. Uh, before us, the big guys were you know like heavy uh, paint uh, connected uh, guys, uh, slower, couldn't jump, stronger, <laughs> couldn't jump, couldn't. Uh, couldn't right. Uh, run and uh, but you know the basketball was different and then uh, I had a young coach who was uh, who was uh, you know back then who was like 30 30 something early early 30s and uh, you know me and me and the odds were were coming out of uh, this uh, uh, school and he said to me you know if you want to be better player than the you have to run more than him 
And you know, back then you don't realize what what he's he's saying, but then then later on you you know that uh, you know he he had a vision that that uh, complete wow. uh, complete uh, vision of a big guys is, is changing. That uh, you know you have to run like a guard, and um, you know we start doing that, and so so uh, it was so much fun playing with Blade because you know oh, man. when he grabbed a rebound, I was already half court. Right. And uh, vice versa. So uh, it was really, you know, and Tony, you have a guy who is 6'10 and uh, who could dribble and uh, like like a point guard. And he, he was like a point guard. So And left-handed. Know, yeah. And uh, so I, I'm really, you know, lucky and, and, and proud to be part of this generation that uh, changed really the perspective of the basketball. And if you see the guys today, if you see Atitakumpu or Jokic or uh, these big guys who can pass the ball, who can dribble the ball, who can shoot from outside, it's just amazing how, how basketball developed uh, in, in the last you know, 20, uh, 20, 30 years. Yeah, I'm sure you just wish there was a little happy medium where there was a little bit more physicality and, you know, a uh, little bit more, uh, you know, respect when you went to the hole and it wasn't so easy, you know, along with the skill and the creativity, because then it would probably be a good balance. You know, today, today they, they protect uh, talent. That's, uh, yeah. that's uh, obviously. And, um, yeah. you know, I, I went through some harder times. Uh, but you know, I guess somebody had to do that. Uh, and uh, yeah. as I said before, every uh, era brings something new. So what's gonna be in 20 years? Hopefully, I'm gonna be alive enough to, yeah. to see it. But uh, I like basketball of uh, you know 90s uh, better than I like it now. Yeah, yeah, I've heard you talk about that. Absolutely different game moving without the ball, you know, Reggie Miller and, you know, just uh, more team basketball. I, the pick and rolls are great. Every, but man. every team had like two or three superstars, every team. Yeah. If you look through throughout the NBA, every team was, you know, loaded. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I love the 90s. You, play, and, you know, one day you play against Shaquille O'Neal, another day you play against uh, David Robinson, then the third day you play against uh, Akeem Lajon, then you play against Brad Dougherty, then you, yeah. you, you go and play against uh, the mailman, yeah. you know, Pat Ewing, and, and yeah. then you the next day against uh, uh, Barkley, and then uh, against the mailman. <laughs> Unbelievable. Chris Weber, and then every day you are against uh, you know one of the Hall of Famers. So yeah, oh, it's unbelievable. So when Sam Vincent was on the show. He told us a story that I'd never heard before <clears throat> that he was with Lenny bias uh, the night before he died. And, you know, everybody comes on here and shares a different perspective, especially when Kevin Eastman was on and Sam about the, the lore and the history of, you know, the Celtics, which is one of the most storied franchises in all of sports, not just basketball. And did you have any idea of just how from Bill Russell to Red Auerbach, you know, the history uh, when you got there and, and what it meant? You know, I, uh, when, when they contacted me first, I, I thought, you know, uh, somebody's joking with me also. <laughs> uh, 
and um, you know, uh, I, I I remember and I will never forget that 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 moment that mm -hmm. uh, we are playing the Knicks and um, you know preseason you play you play the games in the garden, but you know regular season first game uh, season opener I'm about to get uh, in you know after five six seven minutes of the game coach calling for a sub and I'm waiting for a game to stop and you know. At the moment, you 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 look up and you see these numbers and you see these names and you see these years with the titles and everything, and you you realize you are like a young guy from a two hundred thousand people village, mm -hmm. uh, getting on the same floor where Havlicek stole the ball. You know everybody in NBA, everybody who 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 dribble. Basketball knows about how to check stole the ball, how to check stole the ball. So you are about to enter the court at the same court where that happened. And you just, you are in disbelief. And then the, the feeling that, that I, I, I can try to explain to you, there is no explanation. And it was amazing, you know, uh, being a part of that. It was amazing to be, uh, to know, get to know Red Arbach because he's probably the most iconic personality in in uh, in, uh, in NBA basketball and um, you know to be able to talk to him to be able to you know sit with him and discuss uh, basketball he 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 would call me like on the summertime and uh, come and see the some potential rookies and tell me what you think about them and you know he sits next to me and smoking that, that stinky cigar and, you know, uh, falling asleep uh, during the practice. And, and that was red, you know, and, and then, you know, pick his brain and uh, right. see what, what he thinks and uh, how, how he, he handles that. Uh, it's unbelievable, you know. I was really, really blessed uh, to have the, those opportunities in my life. What did you learn most from him when you had those conversations? Was it about business or was it basketball or did he just, oh, just basketball? He, just we, basketball. We, talk, we talk only basketball, nothing else. So did Larry Bird reach out to you? Because he had just retired, right? Did you talk to him about just anything? He, or was, you... uh, he was coming. He was uh, coming, uh, you know, in the practices with us. He used mm -hmm. to, you know, uh, dress, uh, dress with us sometimes. You know, when we uh, miss uh, guys from injuries or uh, he would, you know, just uh, practice with us a little bit. And, uh, you know, he used to come a lot on the practices. And, uh, you know, uh, I had some really bad luck, you know, coming to Celtics because, uh, yeah. first of all, what happened to Lambayas a couple of years early and then the summer that, that I came. Reggie Lewis. Uh, Reggie Lewis died. So, you know, in, in, in this... Uh, NBA world with the with the salary cap with the draft uh, you cannot replace the, the two guys like that in a you know in a short period of time so you know uh, you know imagine today when you have like a guy uh, what happened to to Golden State when uh, Steph Curry got injured for the season what happened uh, you know they all uh, broke to pieces so yeah that happened to to Celtics in in 1993 so. I didn't uh, fight for the championship, which which probably I could, but uh, you know it was great, great experience for me, and uh, I love my four years in Boston. I like the city of Boston. I, yeah, it's a great, great city. Basketball, you know, mine city, and uh, the people over there know basketball, and, uh, and even today, uh, you know, that that um, 
once a Celtic, always a Celtic, I can feel it. And uh, being part of that organization is a, is a great feeling, uh, even, even, even today, you know, I have a contact over there and uh, I have friends over there. And uh, every, every time I go in the US, I, I always go through Boston because uh, it's uh, immeasurable to me to you know, go through the States and not stop to Boston to see my friends for a day or two at least. That's awesome. I usually ask this question in the rapid fire, but I got to ask you. So obviously Boston has, you know, uh, sports in every way that are historic. So did you go to a Bruins, Red Sox and uh, New, New England? <laughs> Wait, which, which was your, did you, so your first hockey game, tell me about your Bruins, because I'm from hockey town, right? So I know all, tell me about a Bruins game for you. Okay, I live, I live, uh, I, I don't know how much you know Boston, but uh, I live in Devonshire building, which was, uh, you know, people from Boston who listen to this will know, which is about uh, five to 10 minutes walk to the garden. And, uh, yeah. uh, you know, you know, you know how we play, we play Monday, we play Tuesday, they play Wednesday, we play Thursday, they play something like that. And so we right. all the, all the time. Because it's the same arena for people that don't yeah. understand what we're talking yeah. about. Yeah. So, you know, everybody, uh, all, all the stuff back then, you know, before, you know, September 11, it was much, uh, much more open, everything. Right. So uh, we had the same stuff working for the hockey and basketball game. So, you know, I was bored and we had practice in the morning. What, what are you going to do in the afternoon? You go to the garden because it was my home. Yeah. And you, and you know, the garden was... Uh, uh, sold out all the time, all the time. and uh, I I used to sit on the, on the stairs and uh, you know my my best friends was a, uh, my best friend was a policeman that uh, that was you know uh, that uh, I I, I call him grandpa in in Croatian yeah and uh, that was his nickname and uh, <laughs> you know, uh, Grant Grant Gray was his name unfortunately he died a couple of years ago uh but he you know he was 80 80 something yeah and uh so i, I was you know like first game that that i saw it was a huge fight you know one <laughs> i love it one guy one guy uh now uh, I, I think his name was steve leach okay he, he was playing for the Bruins. He, his name was Steve Leach for sure. Mm -hmm. And he's, he was a little guy. And he had a fight with a guy who was like, like a head taller than, than him. <laughs> and he beat the crap out of him. <laughs> so much blood. Blood, you know, how the rules are. They, yeah, they right. fight until, until one, one is on the ground. Falls down, yeah. They fought, they fought for a long time. I mean, two minutes of a fight. Is, You're exhausted, long. yes. It was a lot of blood on ice. And after the after, after the game, I went I went to the locker room and I said I want to meet this guy. <laughs> and I bought I bought I bought a shirt, uh, Steve Leach, and I I, I, I I carried on me all the time. And uh, I, I fell in love with hockey, and I, I went to see probably most of their games for uh, for four years, all the time. You know, I sit I sit on the on the on the, on the steps. I don't care. Yeah. You know. Right. Where's the game standing on my feet? Were you ever banging on the glass like, you know, some of the fanatics? No, no, no. I sit, I sit, I, <laughs> right. I sit like in the, in the middle, far yeah, away. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
but I love, I love, I love, I love hockey. And but tell went, people there's nothing like being in person. Like if you watch hockey on television, it does not do it justice. Like you have to be at a, a game and a playoff game is even like the electricity uh, in the building. It's unbelievable. Like, it's unbelievable. And especially when they play Montreal. Oh you my God. There is a, there is a rivalry between Absolutely. Boston and Montreal in hockey. And, right. and those are, you know, original six teams. And yes. uh, when they play Montreal, especially when they play Montreal in playoffs, it's unbelievable. You, you don't believe the change from from like any other game to to that game. And I went to see some some uh, some Red Sox game, uh, but you know that that game is a little slow and <laughs> un, uninterested until until the playoffs come. Hundred and four years for that. Yes. I, I keep following the the, the Boston teams uh, even now, and I'm very very attached to the old Boston teams. Yeah. You know? But I was going to ask you the first time you walked in, because the first time I went into Fenway, I stopped in my tracks. I couldn't believe how small it was because when you watch it on television, you think it's this big place and it's like a Cracker Jack box. It's, you know, besides the green monster, it's small. I know. So I don't know if you had the same experience, but it blew me out of the water. Yeah. What about the Patriots? I, I went uh, I went to see that to to their old building. Right, right, right. Or before Foxborough. Before yeah. the Gillette Stadium, yeah, Gillette. Mm -hmm. And I remember the, they were playing Buffalo Bills, and it was a snowy day. Wow! And I told myself, I mean, you know, you are unexperienced. <laughs> you are coming from the city that that's mostly sunny and everything. Right. And uh, you know, I go for, I go for a game. You know, sitting for three hours on the snow outside and cold. I told myself never again. <laughs> But you know, I I, I follow I follow Patriots now teams. more than more than more than anything. You know, you see. Let me let me show you. You know, I have I have a you know. Wow. Yeah, Bill Belichick. We sort of know who he is. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. I have I have you know every every uh, keychain or everything. Wow. Everything everything on my. If you look at my closet, I have more. Uh, it's your jerseys than uh, than anything else. Oh, that's amazing. See, see, see this. There's a Boston Red Sox baseball there. That's awesome. Yeah. That's so yeah. cool. Yeah, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay, so tell me who has this. Are those are rings? Those are, are rings. Look at those rings. Wow. Are those replicas or are those the real deal? Of course, they're replicas. <laughs> I was like, wow, maybe he bid on those on eBay or something. Wow, those are so cool. So those are, wait, those are all the Patriots? Yeah. All wow. Wow. Wait, that's amazing. Oh, that's so cool. I didn't even know you could get that. Okay, I'll show you more. Yeah, so yeah, absolutely. You see, you see my... So for those of you that are just listening, he's showing us like five oh, levels of uh, memorabilia. Wow, he's got a Red Sox. Budweiser bottle. Oh, the Budweiser Red Sox World Series champion bottle. Wow, look. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <gasps> this is awesome. Bud Light. Oh, the Super Bowl. Bowl. Oh, Super Bowl. Yeah, wow. Super Bowl 49. Oh, that's amazing. Bud who Light. won that one? Oh, we know who won that one. Okay, another one. There's Super a cup. 51. 51, the cup, a beer cup, or a soda, a soda cup. <laughs> who, won, who won this one? 
my god <laughs> do your kids ask you about all this stuff like why or like they oh, yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is this is probably the most valuable thing wow is that a coin is that the coin yeah, yeah. wow wait that's not the coin from the coin toss is it no no no, no. but that's it's just a coin yeah like memorabilia yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. super bowl yeah, you know, the front and back of the of the coin. Yeah, yeah replica. Yeah. Oh wow, that's so cool. Oh, that's a, well. You had some good times with Tom Brady. Yeah. Is there anything? Else? Oh yeah, of course, of course. And I got him too. <laughs> oh, Tom Brady, uh, little doll. That's hilarious. <laughs> that's classic. Well, I got a few things behind me, but I don't have anything like that. I got news I for see. you. <laughs> <laughs> that's that. classic so tell everyone about because most people don't know about you and your hall of fame uh experience so tell everyone what that meant to you and and uh, what that was like ah, it's unbelievable you know the, the, you know when 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 i was um when i found out about it i asked a guy uh, also a coach from croatia he wasn't um, inducted in Hall, Hall of Fame like 2004, I think. And I asked him like, um, "How is that? What's what's happening?" Uh, uh, so I can prepare, you know, for a um, ceremony. What I have to wear, what I have to bring, what I have to have with me. What's happening? And he, he explained to me the you know the dynamics of everything, and he told me one sentence at the end, like. Whatever I tell you right now, you have no idea what's going to happen and the feeling that you're going to go through. And I was like, what can surprise me? I play in front of 10,000 people, 20, 30,000. Most people I play in front of was uh, 33,000 people. I, I play guitar uh, in front of 85,000 people. What can surprise me? Nothing can surprise me. But then when everything was happening, you know, uh, he was completely right like uh, the moment when I had to go out on stage and talk to you know have my speech and uh, you know you are going out and you have uh, all of a sudden you realize that you know you have Larry Bird in front of you uh, actually behind you and uh, everybody else all these superstars in front of you and to say something you know that uh, makes sense it was unbelievable feeling really un un unbelievable how long did you prepare your speech? <laughs> One minute. Oh, wow, really? Yeah, I write things on the Facebook and, uh, you know, uh, I have these moments of, uh, you know, when, 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 the, when the bulb shines and uh, uh, then I write something that I think and, uh, like, when, when we start these preparations for the Hall of Fame ceremony and... It was like six months before and uh, they gave me uh, what I had to do, you know, uh, I had to take the size of my you know, stuff and uh, I had to you know, measure my ring, I had to do this and that and one of the th things was I had to write the speech. So I wrote the speech, I, at first I told them I don't want to write the speech, I want to uh, talk you know, from, from my head. And they say, no, 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 we have to, because of the slot, you have five minutes, you have to be in that five minutes and you have to write it for us. <laughs> no one. And I say, okay, so I wrote the speech within one minute, really. Quickly, I, I 
send it to them and I haven't looked at it for four months. And then uh, when I came there, uh, you have, you know, rehearsal, you have to try it. And I read it on a, on a you know, screen. And uh, they asked, okay, okay, let's go because you have, you have, you, you know, half an hour. And it's your, you have, the stage is your for half an hour. You can do as many tries if you want. You can do whatever you want. You know, bigger letters, smaller letters, whatever you want. And I... I read it once and uh, they asked me, okay, let's go another time. I said, I don't need, I don't have to, I don't need, I have everything, what I want is in my head. So uh, when the ceremony started, you know, it was like, uh, I don't know how many, seven, eight people before me. And uh, most of these guys read uh, from, from the screen and they looked to me like robots. You know, you have, you see them alive and you see two TVs on the side. So you see, how it, how you guys see it from the TV and how you, how it is in the real it really is yeah so when you see it on TV it looks okay but when you, when you see guys in front of you they look like robots and uh, I just didn't like that and so I, I, I told myself you know I'm not gonna read I'm not gonna read if I screw something up uh, that's life you, you you don't make all of shots that you want to make so. I went uh, up on a, on, a, on a stage and uh, I, I thought it's going to be easy, but then, you know, at the, at the moment when I, when I step on the stage, when everything, you know, was really happening, I was like, wow, just, just don't faint. And uh, I, was, I was like, you know, having a light and I felt like I'm going to, I'm fighting for the, realize what's, what's happening. Yeah. And then uh, one thing, you know, you, you learn that, of course, through the sports, you know, you, you, you try to concentrate that, that moment. And I was really trying very hard to concentrate when you, because I had, I had, had a, this concept in my mind, you know, you have to, in five minutes, you have to say something about your coaches and your, your co-players. And uh, you have to just stick to the timetable. You know, you don't jump from... Uh, uh, era to era, you just have to stick to the timetable. So you go through the years, and then you cannot skip anybody. And then, uh, so you were having amnesia for a second. It really, uh, it was really hard. It was yeah. really, really hard. You had to be really, really constant. I, I, I remember uh, myself. You know, before before you you start talking, you have like a minute of introduction. Uh, uh, walking and you just I remember myself start thinking like okay okay just just stick stick to the timetable stick to the timetable stick to the timetable <laughs> don't like who you who coached you from the right. beginning to the end and who, who was your teammate from the beginning to the end tell their names and then and then all my friends they were with me so when I finished with my coaches and, and, and teammates and then I had people in front of me uh, sitting in two rows so that I I could just point yeah, out. right. So, uh, oh man, that was great, really. Congratulations, that's amazing. Oh, thank you. What 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 the what the ultimate honor? Not not that you started playing the game for that kind of thing, but man, to have that, you know, just to as a part of your legacy. Oh, truly incredible to to be in the company of who you're in the company with. 
Like you just can't even, <laughs> you got to just stop and think about it. You just shake your, you literally just shake your head. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really, uh, yeah. a few occasions before, you know, I was, I was really, you know, uh, happy, lucky to be born in the same time with certain people with Tony Cooper, Drajan Petrovic. Yeah. And to play That's against the green team, uh, come on, it's a, it's a blessing. To play against Michael Jordan several times, Shaquille O'Neal, he's nice. a huge dude. <laughs> <laughs> and he's quick, strong. And he, yeah. when you get out of the game against him, you're like, you're, you feel like you're pushing the truck. <laughs> Oh man, that's fascinating. Okay, so one more, one more. You get to choose the last topic before we get to the rapid fire. Okay, so we either have Ukraine, social injustice, mental health, or transitioning to life after basketball. Which one of those four do you want to talk about? Uh, you know what? We don't know stuff about Ukraine. We know only that, that they were attacked and, uh, you know, it's unfortunate because I don't understand really how somebody can go in a, in a different country to, I don't know. You know, what breaks my heart is I've seen uh, several videos on the Russian troops uh, in the company of the Ukrainian people calling home, telling their families that they had no idea that they were going to war that they thought that they were doing something completely different. And just to see the authenticity of their calls and their faces, and it's just, it's just heartbreaking. It's really, uh, it's really, I, I, I don't understand this desire, uh, desire, because, you know, when you go to do stuff like that, you always hurt somebody, somebody's children. So I don't, know how somebody can go somewhere anywhere and hurt somebody's children because you have children on your own yeah and i i, I just i don't i don't get it i don't yeah. get it. I, really, I really don't get it i don't either all right let's get to the rapid fire the fun part of the show appreciate those uh <clears throat> genuine and and uh straightforward thoughtful comments so larry or kobe larry <laughs> You better answer, Larry. Man, how good was Larry Bird? Uh, I, I don't think people uh, realize that. He is, uh, you know, I know, I know he, he was not uh, the most athletic guy, but that guy had, had like, like a computer in his head. Right. He was, thinking, he was thinking way ahead of everybody. Way ahead. And I mean, I would... had, and, you know, he had like, like, you know, balls like that i mean his balls were like that. yeah right <laughs> of, of several different kinds uh so mj over lebron then right i don't want to even come close to that uh, yeah I, mean, uh, I think uh, different eras mj was uh, was much better player and i i all due respect to lebron james he did yeah. some great things things in his career but i don't even think he's number two Who's two, Kareem? No, I think uh, I think um, Larry and Kobe are in front of him. Wow, that's a first. Well, so you put Larry ahead of every Wilt, Bill, Kareem, all of those guys. Wow, that's amazing. And it's Larry, not because it's not because you played in Boston. It's just the way you feel. 
that's the way I feel. You know, uh, wow. you know, I saw him playing, and and uh, Will Chamberlain, I never saw him playing Korean yeah. very very late in his. Yeah. Uh, so I, I really, and also one, the one thing I have to say, uh, probably I had to say that before, before anything, um, it's very, uh, it's very um, not fair to compare generations. You know, yeah. it was different basketball. You know, uh, you know, if you look strict numbers and you see that Bill Russell won like nine titles in a row. Right. You cannot compare it to anything, but then you know it's a different generation, uh, less good players, less teams, different basketball. So it's un it's unfair uh, to compare. To compare. Yeah. Let me ask you this. So Wilt sort of transformed uh, the NBA the way he did for the bigs, and then you know, and Bill and and some others, and then <clears throat> Magic and Larry. You know, they came and they saved the NBA, you know, and, and then Jordan. And do you think Steph Curry is as transformational as those other guys I just mentioned in terms of changing the league? I think so. Yeah. I think I, yeah, so. Honestly, this year, I, I didn't know he had another level. I mean, he's doing stuff this year that I just, you know, uh, because, you know, his teammate was out for two years, Clay Thompson. Uh, and what he did this year to step up until he came back was just, I mean, I... <laughs> He's just yeah. more than I ever thought he could do. And I already thought he was the best shooter that ever played. He's 30 something. Right. Yeah. Unbelievable. Okay. So Shaq, Kenny, Ernie, or Chuck on inside the NBA on TNT. <laughs> I, I love, I love, uh, I love Shaq in the pool. <laughs> really. <laughs> Shaq in the pool. I, I think, I think it's the, not as, as uh, mistakes that the guys do, but the way they present them. Yeah. Yeah. The way, the, the way they make fun of, of everything the way the <laughs> sketches and, and, and stuff oh man so, <laughs> i mean after the game is better than the game half it's the so time funny. it's so funny yeah. so funny as nikolai Jokic the most skilled nba player in history uh he is definitely very talented but i if you if you uh, uh, talk about pure talent i think him and and uh, luka Doncic are just unbelievable oh unbelievable. my gosh if those two guys have a physicality of uh, of uh, MJ or or, uh, or Kobe Bryant, yeah, wow, that would be scary. I mean, both of them have a have a talent to be ten years in a row MVPs. Where did you like playing besides the Garden? Everywhere, uh, of course. You like to play in a, in a, in a Laker court, yeah, in, a, in a Chicago court, and. Uh, in Madison Square Garden, you know all these um, these uh, epic places. Unreal. Well, who's the best defender that you ever went up against? Ooh, it was very very hard to play against uh, uh, Akim Olajuwon. Oh my gosh! He was he wasn't the strongest guy, but he was such a smart guy, such a quick guy, such a long 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 arms. He was really really really. I mean. And then Shaq, you cannot guard Shaq, you know, one-on-one. There's no... Impossible. Can't guard him two-on-one. <laughs> Did you watch The Last Dance? Of course. What did you think of it? I think I just love him more than before after watching that. Because 
you know th that that explains why he was uh, what he was and uh, you know out of these uh, episodes you know i i always tell people because many people here watch that and uh, they ask me of my opinion and tell them okay did you see uh what he so he they tell me he was an asshole he was i say yeah he was but uh if you see what he said over there that i i demand a lot from my teammates but i never ask anytime somebody to do something that i didn't do first and if you see that one part of the episode when he came back from the baseball on the practice and you see they're running suicides he was the first Yep. He was the first. He didn't have to do that. Right. He's he's MJ, but he run first. That's the example of what I told you before. Talk is cheap. Show me. Show yeah, me. Absolutely. And that's why he was the best of all time. That's why he was the leader. And that's why I respect him so much because uh, you know, that's that's uh, something that uh, that that he absolutely deserved. Yeah. Oh man, I would have, I would have loved to play with him or Bobby Knight or anyone else that was tough, you know, who made you the better version of yourself. Yeah. Uh, what city had the best hotels? Ooh, Orlando. What? <laughs> uh, you know, Disney. <laughs> That's right. I love yeah. it. What about the best food? Uh, best food is in uh, in Europe, no states. The in US. Can't compare. Yeah. You cannot compare the food in in, uh, in the states uh, to food in, in Europe, in Italy, Greece, uh, France, Spain. Wow. Oh yeah, yeah. I've been I've been to Barcelona and a couple other places, definitely. Uh, so if you were playing now, would you would you be patenting the Euro, the floater, or the step back three? I would I would do a lot of everything, but you know, <laughs> I, one 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 thing that I don't see today is playing with the back to the basket. Oh, it's, you know, it's in the women's game. I've been on the women's side 15 years as a professional basketball skills trainer, and I coached college basketball for 23 years. So I was on the men's side 15 years and the women's side for 15 now. And I can just tell you, I, the one thing about the women's game that I love is there's true post play yeah. on the men's side. It's just, it's, it doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, absolutely. They don't realize when you put the ball behind the front line, that if you have a guy who can pass what you have in Nikola Jokic, then you put them in trouble. Yeah. Okay. Last question. So if you could have five people at your dinner table, past or present, dead or alive, but it has to be people that you've never met, who would be at your dinner table? Who I like to talk to. Okay. <laughs> I would love to sit with Michael Jordan, definitely. I mean, I met him, but... Uh, don't really know him, yeah. We, I really don't know him. Uh, I would love to sit with uh, Bill Clinton. Slick Willie, that would be interesting. Yeah. It was an interesting guy. Who would be the first woman at your table? Are you a history buff? Do you like history? I love history. I love history. So what historical figure would, would be at your table? Queen Elizabeth. Wow. I have not had Queen Elizabeth as one of the answers. That's awesome. Queen, Queen Elizabeth. Because <laughs> That's amazing. She, she's there for a long time, and I, uh, I bet she has uh, stories, oh. unbelievable stories. I watch I watch the sitcom they 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 do about the crown. I don't know. I haven't seen it. Oh yeah, it's awesome. It's lovely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I would love to pick her brain. You know, 
Yeah, that would you be amazing. Know, I, 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 I'm really, you know, I, I love history. I love history. I, uh, you know, um, I, I'm, I was, I really know a lot about World War II. Wow. And um, I've been to, to Auschwitz, to the Dachau, to wow. you know, killing fields in, in Cambodia. And, wow. Um, I've seen many of these places and I always, uh, you know, I always ask myself, like, why this happened? Why people are, are making these mistakes after seeing what happened in the, you know, World War One? Or why is this, why are these things happening over and over and over? And uh, you can never get the answer, like the, the spot where, where these, uh, these things happen. So I know really a lot about World War Two. I know from you know Pearl Harbor to Iwo Jima to wow to Vietnam War yeah Vietnam War I, I went to Vietnam I went uh, I went to to the Museum of War in in in, uh, in Saigon I went to these wow. tunnels and uh, it's um, it's unbelievable experience believe me I'm and you've been to Israel obviously too. So, you know, you have some perspective about, you know, things in the Middle East. You know, I've been to Israel before, but uh, it's completely different perspective when you are, you know, 30 and you're 55. Right. Completely different. Absolutely. All right. Any words of wisdom for everybody out there that you want to leave everybody with? Anything else? We've been in 29 countries and man, truly, truly been an amazing conversation. Every conversation is just so different. Today was, was uh, fascinating. I know you've done a lot of these, but I hope you really enjoyed your time sharing yeah. space with us. It was amazing. Yeah, always, always, man. Peace. Yes. Peace, no war. Yes. Love is definitely the answer. All right, Dino. All right. Well, we'll stay in touch um, and uh, let's get Rick on the show and you can be my co-host. That would be amazing. I'd love say to have one of the... to Tamir. I definitely will say hello to Tamir. All right. Wishing you and the family and the kids the best of health and much success. Bye. Much love and respect. We'll talk. We'll talk soon. Thanks, Dino. Bye-bye. All right. Can't thank uh, Dino Raja enough. Hall of Famer joining us here in the Sports Deli. And God, I hope you enjoyed some of those stories and his perspectives on things. Wow. And I just, I love these conversations. And, you know, he's in Croatia. He's got a different perspective living overseas the majority of his life. And so, again, thanks for joining us and sharing space with us today, everybody. Hey, everyone, here's some outtakes for you. A couple of minutes with Dino uh, before we started the podcast. Hope you enjoy it. And thanks again for joining us today here in the Sports Deli. Hello. Dino, what's happening? How are you doing? Good, good, good. Safe drive? Yeah, all, all good. Where are you? Home. Is it home in the United States? No, 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 in Europe. Oh, you're in Europe. Oh, wow. Croatia. You're in Croatia. Man. Yeah. One of, one of my bucket list places that I want to come to. Uh, it's a really nice place, especially in the summertime. Oh, yeah. I, I hear that's uh, amazing. How was your trip to Israel? Great. Great, really great. I haven't been there for a long, 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 long time. So it's, what, it's good to see some friends. It's good, good to visit some places where I, I was a long time ago. So. Yeah, did so. you play against Tamir when he was playing for Maccabi Ar or no? No, no. No. Yeah. Yeah, Tamir's doing some good things. He's he's a wonderful, better person. Yeah, I have, a, 
See, I have, I have his... Uh, Aviv Net. See, isn't that... Yes, amazing. Yeah, he's, he's doing some amazing things with that net. Um, I'm very happy for him. I, I've known yeah. him since he was a little kid, uh, a phenom. When he was in high school, he was in a gym that you couldn't even fit, fit 50 people in because there was no room. And they had to play his high school games at Loyola College of Maryland. And they were selling out 5,000 seats every high school game when he would play. He was, he was something. He's, he's a nice guy. Yeah, he's a nice guy. All right, I'm going to do a formal intro, and then uh, we'll rock and roll. Is that cool? Okay, go ahead. Right, let's do it. Thanks for sharing space with us today. We, we truly hoped you enjoyed that amazing interview. Remember, everyone, Black Lives Matter. Stop the bullying. Stop the Asian hate. Contact your local and state politicians for any inequalities for any individual or any group that's being marginalized. Also, everyone, we want to raise awareness for those individuals that are currently imprisoned for nonviolent offenses, in particular those with long-term sentences that are disproportionate in particular to those people in the black and brown community. And I want to send a shout out to 40tons.co. 40 Tons is a socially conscious cannabis brand and they're a social enterprise using the regulated cannabis industry to fight injustice, in particular for cannabis prisoners. So check them out again at 40, the number four, the number zero, tons, plural, 40tons.co, because what they're doing in the cannabis space and being a socially conscious company is truly incredible and uh, they have my full support and also wanted to remind all of you if you're having a tough time you can always call the suicide prevention lifeline and that number is 800-273-8255 that's 800-273-8255 and they are available 24 7 365 days you can also always check me out on Twitter, Instagram, and on TikTok, at Mike Hootner. Thanks again to our amazing sponsors, Breaking Tea, Sport RX, PSK Collective, City Lokes, and Moolah Kicks, which you can see right here up on the screen. You can search them online at BreakingTea.com, SportRx.com, PSKCollective.com, MoolahKicks.com, and CityLokes.com. And if you'd like to support us at the Sports Deli, we'd love to have you either make a one-time donation or feel free to make a donation monthly, either $0.99 cents a month, $4.99 a month, or $9.99 a month. If you have uh, questions about that, send me an email again to thesportsdeli at gmail.com and I will send you the link on how you can do that. Uh, you can also find it at the bottom of every podcast on Spotify or uh, Apple Podcasts. Link at the bottom to support the show. Please check out our website at thesportsdelipodcast.com. Make sure that we continue the conversations with regards to three strikes and you're out at mandatory minimums, especially people that are in jail for nonviolent offenses. So those things need to change. Until next time, remember it takes a village, 
for Dr. J and Coach K. I'm Hootie Hoot. This has been a production of Hootie Hoot Productions. Thank you for joining us in the Sports Deli, where everyone deserves a seat at the table. Remember, it takes a village. Much love, everybody. Peace.